How's everybody doing? It's beautiful out. <laughs> You're in the right place here today. We've had a great week. Our own Pastor Kev preached to Faith Fellowship on Thursday. And a bunch of us went out to support him. And There's just so many great things going on here. And uh, if you're not a part of that, become a part of it, because it's good. You know, one of the sayings we had from early on in the church when we were in the hotel is, when there was three people, I used to say it, something good is coming your way today. Look at the person next to you and say, something good is coming your way today. Honey, look at me and say that. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. Today we're going to talk about lifting up your eyes. What's that? Oh, kids, you're dismissed to the best children's church on earth. Kids, up to the junior high, you're dismissed right now. Come on. Why are some grown-ups leaving? No, kids. We have an awesome children's church. Let me tell you something. 90% of the people that stay at Grace Church is because the kids make them. Let's be honest. We have such a great youth, junior high, senior high, children's church, nursery. We got it going on here. Amen. How many of you are married with no kids? Come on. Let's get busy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matthew 6, <laughs> verse 22. Listen, let me tell you something about having a generous eye. You know, these young people today, right, they got it all wrong. They're talking about, oh, we'll get married when we got a better job. It'll never happen. Just get married. Oh, we'll have kids when we get a house. Just get, a, get kids. God will take care of the house. Amen. How many of you, when you got married, you had kids, you didn't have a house? And now you got a house, all right? It's just a bunch of excuses. Let's get married, let's have kids, let's do this thing. Come on. <laughs> Listen, next guy that comes up and wants to marry you, just say yes. <laughs> if you left your Bible home, raise your hand right now. But, you know, have a generous eye. Listen to me. God will provide. Let me tell you something. You know what it's a, a, a statistic is? Is that people that meet and get married before they're 21 or 22 have the best marriages, the longest lasting best marriages. All right? So when your high school comes, kid comes home and says he wants to get married, <laughs> say you graduate high school and we'll talk about it. It used to be that way, you know. Anyway, have a generous eye. Lift up your eyes. This is what Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 22. He says this, the lamp of the body is the eye. If your eye is good, then your whole body will be lit up. You'll, your whole body will be good. Your whole body will experience God's light and blessing. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will suffer. 
that's how important your eyes are. Now, I'm not talking about those of you that need glasses and you can't see very well. Did anybody ever say to you, do you see what I mean? There used to be a song back, way back, do you see what I mean? Do, do, do you see what I mean? I don't need the artist right now. <laughs> but <laughs> do you see what I mean? Do you understand that? You can see what someone means. That doesn't mean that you see their feelings or but you see, you perceive, you understand. That's what Jesus is talking about here, your perception of things. Did anybody ever say to you, do you see what I mean? So he's saying if you perceive and understand things rightly, your whole body will be right. But if you see and perceive things wrong, it'll be full of darkness. Do you think this might be important? <laughs> How we perceive things is so important. Now, in Luke, when Jesus was teaching, now Luke is another gospel. It's another angle. He's talking about different aspects of the same teaching that Jesus said. And in Luke 11.35, Jesus said this, Take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. You know why he's saying that? Because some people think they're seeing things right, That's right, but they're really not. They're really not. And it goes back to Proverbs 23 when uh, it talks about the good and the evil eye. Okay? And, and pro, uh, in that proverb it says, don't eat with someone with an evil eye. Now, it doesn't mean that they sat down with somebody and something was wrong with their eyeballs, okay? But it talks about this person with the evil eye. It says that outwardly they act like they're generous, but inside they're stingy. They have an evil eye. They say, yeah, sit down and eat everything, but they really don't mean it. Amen? You know, <laughs> we have this saying around our house, there are givers... And there are takers, and there are matchers. Now, I'm not going to give into what a matcher is, but I think you know what a giver and a taker is, right? A taker is somebody that comes to a barbecue just to take food home. <laughs> a taker is somebody that goes to Sunday school just to eat the bagels. But, I mean, this is real stuff. And, you know... And Proverbs says, don't eat with some, don't, you know why? Because that will rub off on you. <laughs> you need to have a good, generous eye. Jesus had it. In John 4.35, he says, do you not stay there still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, and I talked about this before, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. They are white for harvest. And I haven't talked to our evangelism team, but I guarantee you when they went out yesterday, they met some people that they were able to pray with and minister to. You know why? Because some people have an evil eye and some people have a generous eye. And to go out on the street and walk up to people and share the gospel with them, you have a generous eye. 
because you see the way you see things the way Jesus sees them. See, sometimes we see people as problems. Jesus saw them as souls that needed to be saved. He had a generous eye. Because a generous eye isn't just talking about money and stealing barbecue. I have been known to take some Kentucky Fried Chicken home without being prompted, okay? I just assumed it was for me. But, um, you know, <laughs> but it's more, you know, it's more a generous eye for grace. To be able to see, because, listen, Jesus is teaching that, listen, if you can't get the simplest, which is money, how are you going to get the, 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 the spiritual? You can measure a tithe. You can't measure forgiveness. We're just supposed to have it all the time. Think about it. He only asks for 10% of our money or our goods, but he asks us to forgive 70 times 7. He asks us to love all the time. He asks us to give grace to everyone, even people that hurt us. Having a generous eye has a lot more to do with spiritual things than it does with physical things. Amen? He goes on to say, you know, one sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap for what you haven't labored. And you've, when you give, you've entered into their labors. So I'm happy to tell you, if you tithe an offering into Grace Church, you took part in what that evangelism team did yesterday. You took part. Some seed, some water, but God gives the increase. So he said, the fields are ripe unto harvest, one sows, another reaps, but you have entered into their labors. So thank you. How many of you went out yesterday and evangelized? And, and thank you. Thank you. You allowed us to enter into your labors. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now, many of us have done it. We didn't do it yesterday. Let's do it next time. If you're called to do it. Some people are not called to walk up into somebody on a city street and say, hey, how you doing? I have to be honest. I am called to do that, aren't I, honey? Yes, so I should have been out there. Okay, but we got to enter in your labors. Praise God. Let's turn to Acts 26, verse 17 and 18. Jesus said to Paul, I'll deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I'm sending you to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. Do you see that? When your eye is not right, you're not under the power of God. You're under the power of Satan. Because with Satan, it's never enough. And for Satan, it wasn't enough just to be Satan. He wanted to be God. Frankly, after watching Bruce Almighty, I pass on wanting to be God. I... I'm happy he's God. Remember that? <laughs> you have mail? I mean, I was like, whoa! But what a good analogy, you know? I don't have the capacity to God. Satan didn't have the capacity to be God. Because God's eye is so generous, I, I can't even understand it. Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom of God. How great is his love? I can't totally understand it. But I want to know it more and more. 
So God said to, uh, uh, Jesus said to Paul, you know, you're to open their eyes, to get their eyes of perception open, to turn them from darkness. We just talked about darkness. If, 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 if your eyes are bad, you're in darkness. But if your eyes are good and generous, then your whole body is full of light. So where to bring people from a place from darkness to light? And that's what Jesus talked about. He said, you know, when people, they pass from death to light, they're going from darkness. And how it says that we've been called out of the darkness into his wonderful light. How many of you have been called out of the darkness into his wonderful light? Okay, and we're to help to bring people to that. But, you know, Jesus is talking to Christians as well because there are Christians that uh, their eyes started out generous, but now <laughs> they've become narrow. They forgot the dreams that they had. They forgot the, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You remember when you first got saved and you just thought anything was possible? I mean... When I first got saved, I didn't even know life was possible. <laughs> Never mind having a pretty wife and six kids and a job and being a pastor someday. That was way off. That wasn't even on my radar for 20 years. But point being, sometimes we lose that generous eye that we, that we were born again with. We, we forget that God loves everyone, you know. It's like we become churchified. But you know what, Grace Church, we can never allow that to seep in here. You know, one time we had a guy here in our church, I think it was his first week, and he literally, I was preaching, and he stood up and just went on this crazy rant right there in the seats, you know, and uh, in between all this other stuff he was saying, he was going, amen, amen, and uh, you know, some churches might look and say, oh, we got to get rid of this guy. I was like, man, you just made this one of my favorite services of all time. Because God loves you, and he has a great plan for your life. And we pray for this man, and he is now a mighty man of God. Because listen to me. Look around you. There's people here that used to be alcoholics and drug addicts and suicidal and, 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 and couldn't stay married for a day, and now God's power has transformed them. Have a generous eye. God can do it for anybody. If he can do it for us, he can do it for anybody. Look at the person next to you and say, if he can do it for me, he can do it for anybody. See, we're quick to look at somebody else. You know, I know those of you that know God's grace, you look in the mirror and you say, I don't deserve any of this. But if God can do it for me, he can do it for that teenager that walks here on his own without his mom and dad from a, from a broken home who needs grace and love. God can do it for the person that walks in here off the street that doesn't have a dime in their pocket and doesn't know where they're going to live tomorrow. His grace is so rich. But, you know, we start to narrow it, and we start to qualify it. His eye is generous. Let's have a generous eye. Let's have an eye like Jesus did. The fields are white unto harvest. He never went, I'm not sure about that one or that one or that one. He said, they're all ripe. 
They're all ripe. From now on, we're going to see people like ripe cherries. Amen? And if there's a wormhole, we're going to cut that part out and eat it anyway. The fields are ripe. Have an eye like he did. You know, the rabbis said that Abraham had a generous eye and Balaam had an evil eye. Or Abraham had a good eye and Balaam had an evil eye. And Balaam was a guy mentioned in the Bible that actually did stuff for God. But his life ended up not so good. But Abraham was someone that even though he made a lot of mistakes, he was able to lift up his eyes when God said to look at the stars and said, your descendants will be so great. And it says that he believed God, and it was credit to him as righteousness. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 13. Now, we know that God called Abram at the time. He said, get up and go. And Abraham wasn't exactly sure he was where he was going, but God said it would be a land of promise. And he takes his nephew Lot with him. And they're both so blessed that they realize they need to separate because they have so much stuff and they're getting intermingled, intertwined, so they need to separate. And Abraham says to Lot, he goes, you choose first which way you want to go. So here we are in verse 10. It says, Lot lifted his eyes. And he saw the plain of the Jordan, that is, it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go toward Noar into a specific direction. Then Lot chose for himself the plain of the Jordan, that direction east. And they separated from one another. It says literally that Lot set his tent towards Sodom. In other words, he decided he was going east in a certain direction. But it was one direction. And that direction would almost take his life. When Sodom and Gomorrah, it took his wife's life. She was turned to salt, remember? He, what happened is he looked and he saw what looked like to him an easy way to go. He saw a place that was already established. Amen? And I look back on my own life and, and I think, and I used to think this, you know, when, when, when God called me to start a church, I would go, why can't I just take over somebody else's church? Like, maybe that big church not naming names. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I could take over that big church that's already established. Because you want to take the easy way. The way that would seem easy to you. I didn't really covet another church, but I was just like, wait, maybe I could just take over a church. Or maybe I could just become a part of a ministry that's already established. But that's not what God's plan was for me. That was my plan for me. And God said, no, you are to start a church in North Brunswick, okay? But my first choice was not that. My flesh was not like, that's a good idea. And the same with Lot. He was like, 
I see something that's already set up. Let me go that way. And he narrowed his focus. He made his decision. He's going that way. It says that Lot chose for who? Himself. Lot chose for himself. Let me tell you something about a generous eye. A generous eye doesn't necessarily choose for themselves. A generous eye doesn't necessarily choose for themselves. There are many things that God will ask you to do that are not for you. Ooh, that rhymes. There are many things that God will ask you to do that are not for you. This is going to be on Facebook later if I say it one more time. There are many things that God will ask you to do that are not just for you. And as a matter of fact, it's just about nothing he'll ask you to do that isn't just for you. But God blessed Abraham, why? So he could be a blessing. See, <laughs> let me tell you something. One of the hardest, one of the things you'll, you'll need to get over in your life, if you aren't already, is when you hear about somebody else's blessing, get excited about it. Because the blessing isn't just for them, it's for you. If you don't have a power washer and the guy down the street gets blessed with one, be like, yeah! Because maybe someday you'll have to borrow that power washer. Amen! <laughs> and you bought it back. I love you, Rob. Listen, men, when you lend out tools, what do you want? You want them back, right? A couple of years ago, I lent Rob Santiago some of my tools and everything, and it was like, Day five, day six, and I didn't have my power drill, you know, and I was like, where the heck's my power drill? Come into church, start preaching about that. I'm like, when you lend somebody tools, make sure, you know what he did? He lifted up my power drill just like this. It's right here. Great job. But, uh, you know, I remember sitting in the congregation at a church we were going to in the city, and we were broke, and I was in debt. Somebody got up and they said, I gave and God multiplied it back to me and, and I had this blessing of $7,000 and I was like, great. Wonderful. <laughs> I got nothing right here. And God said to me, right there in my seat, when you get excited about somebody else's blessing, then I'll bless you. That's what he said. And I could give you countless stories of giving in that church after that where God did miraculous financial things for me. I'm not going to get into them right now, but they are miraculous. And the guest speaker that was there, I wrote him a letter to tell him how miraculous it was. But I want you to see something in, in Psalm 18. We're getting ready to close the service in 25 and 26 where it says, um, it says this. It says, with the merciful... God, you show yourself merciful. With the upright, you show yourself upright. With the pure, you show yourself pure. Don't worry about a slide, guys. And with the crooked, you make yourself seem torturous. Let me read that again. With the merciful, you show yourself merciful. With the upright, you show yourself upright, God. With the pure, you show yourself pure. With the crooked, you make yourself seem torturous. What it's saying here is your perception attracts 
like perception, like treatment, like, listen, if you see things as tight, things are going to be tight. But if you're merciful, if you're a giver, listen, my wife taught me how to give. All she does is give. And I remember there was a time where she was giving everything away, and I was just like, man, I'm working my butt off, and she's giving it all away. Getting me so prosperous. <laughs> my book's coming out in a couple of months, and it's called Everything Makes Me Prosperous, and that's what that's all about. Instead of saying everything makes me nuts, I say everything makes me prosperous. Because every time I said everything makes me crazy, she said, you want me to get an agreement with that? And I saw myself in an insane asylum, so I decided not to. So I said, everything makes me prosperous. Get into agreement with that. So, that's where we are. <laughs> but, you know, now, you know... We went to Nordstrom's, I don't know, a couple months ago or something, and she was by that counter. And my hands started going like this, Pastor Kev. First, I started checking, do I have everything? And then I came over, it's like, what are you doing? You don't need any more, blah, 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 blah. And she goes, this is for this one, and this is for that one, this is for this one, and this is for that one. I was like, Ugh! you make me prosperous. Because I can't argue with a gift. Because then I'm taking part in it. So then when they open it, I have no idea what it was. I'm like, did you like what I got you? <laughs> but when we get to that place where giving is just, that's just who we are. That's just who we are. And, and am I saying that we've obtained to that? Heck no. Do not try to take any of my French fries at dinner. I will slap your hand. No, really, I don't mind if somebody takes a few dollars from me, but don't touch my dang food. I don't know why. You feel like that too? Yeah, like, don't touch my food. No, because she's ordering salads and stuff. I'm getting fries, man. That's my dessert. Don't touch my fries. And then she'll take a ketchup bottle and start sprinkling on my plate. Why are you putting ketchup on my plate? What's your plan? Lamont, you steal your kids' fries? Yeah, I know. My kids, man, I'm like, Woo! they're like, no. Smack his hand. Good. <laughs> Let's go on here because we've got to finish. The Lord said to Abram, look at the difference here. Genesis 13, verse 14. The Lord said to Abram, the Lord spoke to Abram. Lot chose for himself. Lot didn't talk to God about it. Lot decided on his own. Abram's like, hey, I want God's best. And he said to Abram, lift up your eyes. Everybody lift up your eyes right now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Lift up your eyes and look straight ahead. What do you see? Me. <laughs> But lift up your eyes for a second. <laughs> lift them up. Because we get so caught up in all the nonsense. You know, I'm getting caught up in all these current events. And I hate talking about politics. But somebody yesterday said to me, did you hear about the dentist and the lion? And I said, what is that, a joke? 
And I said, did you hear about somebody selling body parts? All of a sudden, crickets, crickets. And then I said, if a man and a lion were walking over there, whose life would you save? And they said, the man's. And listen to me. If the guy, I don't know the whole story, if he shot the lion and it was wrong, whatever. I'm not, I'm not arguing about that. But when a lion becomes more important than a baby, we're in trouble around here. But listen, so listen, here's what happens. So then I go, put the chicken down and don't eat the steak in my house anymore. Because is a cow less important than a lion? Guess what I heard? Crickets. Cricket, cricket. Because if you're eating a chicken, somebody killed the darn thing. And if you're eating steak, somebody killed the darn thing. And even if you're eating fish, somebody killed the darn thing. So don't bug me about the lion until you do something about the unborn baby, and that's all I'm getting into today. tell you some people, I am not speaking political here. I'm speaking God here. That is an argument that is so easily put to place. Now, normally this person would argue with me and everything, but it was like crickets, 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 crickets. Then they went over to that buffet table and they took a piece of ham. I went, pig, pig, kill it, pigs. It just annoys me so much. It's so dumb. And like I said, if the dentist, you know, I feel bad for dentists. But if this dentist was wrong, then he's wrong. If he broke the law, fine. But can we talk about something that really matters? Unless we're going to stop eating meat, the whole dang country. So dumb. So dumb. So he says to him, I said to myself, I wasn't going to talk about this. Lift up your eyes, Pastor Joe. Look from the place where you are, north, south, east, west. Lot only went east. God said you could have north, south, east, and west. Hey, Lot, if you would have just waited a second. All the land which which you see I give to you, And then he says, I will make your descendants the dust of the earth. See, when we lift up our eyes, we don't even have to do anything. He'll give it to us, and he'll make it happen. Arise, walk in it through its length and its width, and I will give it to you. And Christians, when we've been saved, that's what we are to do. We are to walk in the blessings of God of Abraham. It says that those that have put their faith and trust in Jesus have the blessing of Abraham. Ephesians 3.18 says this, that we would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the depth and the length and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you have what? All the fullness of God. We are to walk north and south and east and west and experience the fullness of God's blessing in our life now. 
But the way we do it is by lifting up our eyes and perceiving who our God is. Proverbs 22.9 says, he who has a generous eye will be blessed. It's the same Hebrew word for the good eye, the same word for the Abraham eye. If you have a good eye, you, you're not, it's not you might be, you almost will be. You will be blessed. How are you seeing things? Let's go back to Acts 26, 17, and 18. I want you to see the blessing. Put that up. Look. He says to go open people's eyes, right? That they could go from darkness to light. They could go from an evil eye to a good eye. And from the power of Satan to God. That what? That they could receive forgiveness of sins. And an inheritance. And an inheritance. You know what's great? Forgiveness of sins, you just get it. I'm sure you met somebody on the street yesterday, and you said, listen, you don't have to do anything. God loves you. He forgives you. You can have forgiveness of sins right now. And there's something even that goes along with it. It's an inheritance. You get an inheritance. How many of you would like to get an inheritance? Be my kids, because I'm giving my kids an inheritance. We may not have got one, but I'm making sure my kids get one, because that's cool. You know what's cool about an inheritance? You just get it. You don't have to do nothing. How would you like somebody to call you up? I am your uh, late uh, great, I'm the lawyer for your late great aunt, whatever. She died and left you. What? That's what we have. An inheritance. And, and, and all you have to do for an inheritance is just say, okay! <laughs> Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. And it's not just for salvation. It's not just for an inheritance. It's, it's even if you're in trouble right now. If you're going through something right now. How many of you are going through something right now? Are you in trouble? Lift up your eyes. David said, I will lift my eyes, and some translations are different than this one. It says, I will lift up my eyes above the hills, because that's where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. That's Psalm 121. Now look at what David, look at David right here. Now look at this. I want you to see this, because I just saw it. <laughs> he says, I will lift up my eyes it's his decision his will his choice to lift up his eyes pastor joe's not gonna lift up your eyes <laughs> you know <laughs> our youth leaders aren't gonna lift up your eyes our elders and deacons aren't gonna lift up your eyes David said, I will lift up my eyes, and I will see where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. He made it all. So whatever it is you need, lift up your eyes. Ephesians 1.18, I'm finishing. This is it. 
the eyes of your understanding, this is Paul's prayer, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance. You also lift up your eyes to know that you have a calling on your life. You have a calling on your life. And you have to lift up your eyes. You have to look to him. When the Lord said, start this church, I had to look to him. I had to lift my eyes and see things that weren't in existence, like a church, like some people in the church. And I saw somebody playing the guitar. I didn't know it was going to be Pastor Kevin. I saw somebody playing the keys. I saw people coming. I saw people getting saved. I had to open my eyes. I had to lift them up and see something that wasn't there. And I had to believe that this thing could expand and get bigger. And I'm telling you right now, I'm lifting up my eyes to see more. Not that I don't like seeing you guys because I really like you. I love you. But I see more. Because I'm not done walking the length. I'm not done walking the width. I'm still in the, I'm still, you know that? Do you know you'll never walk far enough? That there's more, and 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 there's more. You know, somebody wrote a book in the 70s saying that we'd have a population explosion, and that right now the world would be totally full of people and we'd all die. You can fit the whole world in Wyoming, you know. That's an evil eye. That's an eye that thinks God doesn't have enough for us. He's got more than enough. He's got more than enough material. He's got more than enough forgiveness. He's got more than enough love than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. So let's start walking in that, people. Let's start believing that. Let's start attracting that. Look at the end of this in verse 21. I was like, what? <laughs> Far above all principality of power and might and dominion in every name that is named. Okay? It's talking about how much power, how the riches of the glory of inheritance, how, how much he has for us. And it says, and Paul goes, and not only in this age, but even in the age to come. I'm like, what? Not only in this age. Paul is assuming that they understand that it's for now. See, many times we need to be convinced that it's not just for later. I hope I didn't twist your mind right now. I hope you're with me. Because many times we'll say, oh, yeah, you know, when I die and when I go to heaven, everything will be good. Well, then why do you need faith now? Why do you need church now? Why do you need God now? Because it's for now. We're fighting for it. We're walking for it. We're believing for it. We're seeing for it. But Paul says, just not only for now, but in the age to come. I love it. It's like he turned everything upside down. In other words, you should know it's for now. So it's not only for now, but it, it's going to be later too. Everything right now. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes and see. Have a generous eye. See people that you know being saved. People you know being healed. See your finances being taken care of. See your marriage in a better place. 
see your teenagers as hard as it is to see them <laughs> following God. No, really, see these things. And that's what you'll attract. I want to make sure everyone here has received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So if you would bow your heads with me right now. I want to make sure that everyone here knows Jesus. You know how we can perceive Jesus? By praying. Praying opens the spirit so we can perceive something that's been done for us. So if you would say this prayer, words are very powerful, you know that? How many times did you say something you wanted to take the word back, but you couldn't get a hold of it? Why? Because a word is so powerful. That's how prayer works, so powerful. Would you pray this with me about, about Jesus who died for you? We talked about his blood earlier. It was shed for your sin, that you might be forgiven. Yes, we've all made mistakes, but he loves us. His love is enough for anything we've done totally forgiven. So if you'd say this prayer with me, say, Father, I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sins. God, I've made mistakes. But Jesus took my punishment. I receive that sacrifice now. Jesus, come into my heart. Make me brand new. Everybody, keep your eyes closed, your head bowed. If you said that prayer, and you want to make sure that when you die, you're going to spend eternity in heaven. It's as simple as acknowledging it, as perceiving it and understanding it. If you said that prayer and you meant it, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Is there anybody else here? Okay. All of you that raise your hand, could you do me a favor? I want you to be bold. Don't be afraid. Just stand up where you are. Just stand up. There's a bunch of you. Go ahead. Yeah. Come on, stand up. Stand up where you are. Come on. Come on. Stand up. Come on. You can do it. Yeah. Everybody's scared. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'm going to let the rest of the worship team. All right. You got a little scared. That's okay. Listen, it's fine. You can come up for this altar call now. If you are ready to lift up your eyes and see beyond your circumstances, if you're ready to hear from God, to hear from him like Abram did, if you're in a situation and you need to hear his voice, if you're ready to see what you've never seen before in your life, if you're ready to lift up your eyes, see your healing see God's blessing on you see that habit that bad habit in your life being broken seeing someone you know coming from death to life if you're ready to do that I want you to come up to the front right now I'm just going to pray for you right now come on get up out of your seat don't be afraid come on you ready for a new vision you ready to see some things Get up out of your seat right now. Come to the front. Come on. Don't be afraid. Listen. Listen. It must have been tough for Abram to look out and see nothing. Think about that. Lots of lights. <laughs> he saw a city already established. Abraham looked out and he just saw open space. 
But then God said to him, that's how I want you to think. There's more than enough for you. And it spreads far and it spreads wide. And I want to show it to you. So if that's you right now, I want you to come up. There's some room over here. Don't be afraid. Some of you, the Holy Spirit is tugging at you to come up here and you're afraid. I don't want you, do not allow that to stop you. Just get up. Get up and come forward. Lot chose for himself. God spoke to Abraham. Lot took the easy way, the way that seemed right. Abram looked out into nothing and trusted. going to start to worship right now and then I am going to pray for everyone up here and then we have a prayer team that's going to pray for you individually all right for whatever it is that the need that you have or maybe they have a word for you a word that will release something into you or maybe you need something broken over your life a stronghold we're here to meet every need if there's anyone else here, I want to give you a second to come up here. Because I know, I really feel like there are some people here that financially, they know they need to let go, but they're in a jam. And, and, and they just, they need a sudden blessing in their life. If that's you, I want you to come over here because I'm going to pray for you specifically. If that's you with the financial breakthrough, I'm going to pray for you because I can believe for that. Amen. Okay. <laughs> if we could just separate those that need that. For the rest of you, if you could just, if you could just either just reach out your hand or your heart or just worship, whatever it is that you do while we're praying over people, if you have to leave, I understand that. I only ask you to do it quietly. Uh, there's no judgment here. If you have to go, that's totally understandable. Our service went a little longer than usual today, and I apologize for that. But don't worry about it. We're free here. We, we have a generous eye. So I'm first, I'm going to pray over everyone here right now. I pray for a renewed vision. I pray for the ability to lift up your eyes and see what you've never seen before. To see yourself healed. To see yourself delivered. To see yourself prospering. To see yourself broken habits that are hurting you. You see yourself free. I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.